Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. Today's guest has a goal to get rid of the word I can't and replace it with I can. Back in 2013, Miriam Laundrie self-published a book called I Can Believe in Myself. That book made world record history in May of 2014 when it inspired an online book discussion. Miriam Laundrie organized the event with the goal to empower 100,000 children to believe in themselves but did not imagine that this effort would inspire children from over 29 different countries to participate. Now that book has a new lease on life. It's being re-released later this month with new illustrations and some new self-esteem building exercises. We're joined today by Miriam Laundrie and she's going to share with us why she is re-releasing this book and the importance of believing in yourself. We're joined today by Miriam Laundrie. She is a best-selling author and educational speaker whose message empowers children, teens, and adults to believe in themselves. So we talked to you about a year and a half ago um, about a book that you had put together then, and now you've released a new book, and this new book is I Can Believe in Myself. Tell us a little bit about this most recent release. Yes. Okay. This is exciting. The I Can Believe in Myself was actually my very first book that I wrote back in 2012. I self-published that book. And I wrote that after leaving a seminar taught by Jack Canfield. Um, he was teaching us all about the success principles, principles for life, really goal setting, you know, taking responsibility for your life. And one of those things that he was teaching was letting go of the word can't and believing in yourself. And it was on the flight home that I was thinking, well, what am I going to teach my kids when I get home? What can I teach them from this amazing week? What's the one thing I can teach them? And that's when I thought of it has to be how to let go of the word can't and for them to start believing in themselves. So this is the book that made me an author to start with back then. And then it's been picked up by our publishing company that released The Big Bad Bully when we last spoke. And it's been completely redone. We've edited some more. Jack Canfield has added amazing self-esteem building exercises at the end of the book. And now it's coming out again, February 23rd. Illustrations brand new. Everything's brand new. What I love about this, and I know from our last conversation, I used it with my own children, the I can't, yes, you can. And Mm -hmm. um, she's only six years old, but she took a lot away from that. Why is it so important to build that into our kids at an early age and to start young? Yeah, I I really believe that can't is one of those I I tell my kids, it's a bad word. It's a four letter bad word. Because whenever we say I can't do something, the word stops us from even trying. There's no possibilities beyond can't. But if instead of saying can't, they start saying I can, then there's hope, there's possibilities. It may not be that you can do it the very first time you try. If the first time you get on a bike and you say, I can ride a bike without training wheels, it may not happen that first time, but at least you're going to keep progressing and learning about it and practicing and practicing until you can get it done. So it's so important just to switch that, let go of that T and can't and to believe that you can do it. It at least gets you uh, trying things mm-hmm. because if you say I can't, you're not even going to attempt it. Exactly. Um, this year, 
2020 has, well, not this year, but 20. Oh yeah. Well, let's just blend them all together because that's what it feels like. But yes, <laughs> 2020, 2021 um, have been filled with plenty of unusual things. And for a lot of kids, it's also included a lot of can'ts. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it so important to release a book like this right now in a season like this? Yeah, it's exactly like you say, 2020 brought on so many I can'ts for all of us. But if we think about it for children, they, you know, they couldn't go to school for a long time. My children just went back yesterday, you know, since December, that's a very long time. I can't see my friends. I can't see my grandparents. You know, I can't do a lot of the things that they have been used to that we've all been used to. So teaching them that, Yes, perhaps we are not able to do those things right now, but really not letting that can't become a habit, you know, just just switching that word to, okay, let's start looking at what can we do? What can we do with the circumstances that we're in, right? Can we call grandma on Zoom or over the phone? Can we deliver something at her house? Can we still be able to do our sports? You know, I mean, Zoom is the best invention in so long. That's how my children have uh, continued practicing their sports and, and doing other things. And of course, that's how we communicate these days. But just looking for what can you do, regardless of the circumstances, I think that's really, really important. This is even an important book for adults, I would say, because a lot of us are even saying, oh, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Well, <laughs> let's use the examples in this book to show that yes, yes, we can. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I do you know, the messages in my children's books are for adults also, because it's it's the kind of it's what I wish I would have known when I was younger. And now as an adult, it's the courses that I go on and take (laughs) as an adult to help myself. So the message is for everybody, regardless of age. And I don't know if you noticed in the book, we made the teacher have her own I can't moment (laughs) and realize it. Um, for her, it was, I can't make it through the morning without coffee. And I saw that at the end and it made me giggle. Um, and I also love what you use in the book for the getting rid of the I can't. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. Shreddy. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about Shreddy? It's, it's a yes. great idea. And where did you get that idea from? Um, that idea took some time to think, <laughs> to think up. I, when I first wrote the book, I shared that I had just been to that seminar with Jack Canfield and there were so many experiential exercises during that week that when I wrote the book, you know, I did many, many drafts until it it was completed, even for when I self-published the book. And I, I, I always saw myself going into schools and speaking to children and I wanted them to experience letting go of the word can't. And I thought of many things. I thought, okay, can we, can the kids write their I can'ts? We put it into a garbage can and we, you know, lit, light it on fire. Well, that's not good to be doing in schools. I thought of many ideas. And then finally, one day, I just, I just wanted to see the paper being ripped or cut. And I thought a paper shredder, that's perfect. We're going to shred everybody's I can'ts. And then I made a character, um, shreddy to go along with the book and I actually take shreddy with me when I go into schools and I do this workshop with kids because I want them to remember that they let go of that word can't and next you know the next time it comes up in their comes you know next time they say it that they remember oh I've shred that already I'm going to switch that to I can yeah shreddy was fun 
It's absolutely brilliant. I absolutely love it. Now, speaking of speaking at schools, uh, have you been able to do that now with all of, of this COVID business that's been going on? Yeah, so definitely school visits have um, shifted. This is why I love Zoom. Schools are bringing authors in through Zoom so that you, we do virtual school visits. I've shifted my focus a bit that I'm now teaching authors how to write and publish their own children's books. My goal has always been to impact a lot, a lot of children. And I, I found out that the best way to do that is also to help other aspiring authors be able to put out their good children's books out there and together we can reach even more people. So that's what I'm focusing on now, but always teaching them how to do those virtual school visits also or in-person school visits when that opens up again. What is it about children's books that really inspires you and why, why do you enjoy writing children's books? Well, it's two things that... I have four children myself. That's, that's my life. And I'm, you know, I love self-esteem, um, self-development. So it's a way for me to be able to teach my own children, those things that I'm learning, you know, later on in life. Um, but also I feel like when I was younger, I could have really benefited from a book like this, from books that taught me about self-development and, um, you know, that I can attitude would have really helped me. So I want to make sure that children have that now for sure. What do your kids think of all of your books? <laughs> Well, when I started writing, they were much younger, right? My oldest was nine. She's now 17. Um, they love all the books. I mean, the 17 year old sat down and looked at the new version of the book and she was like, you know, like, oh my goodness, Mrs. Ruby has changed so much. And um, with this new version, we've added a lot more diversity in the characters. And that's something that she noticed right away. And she was very proud of. I'm, I'm happy to say that. Um, my eight year old could not um, we got, you know, the the mock-up version from the publishers first, and he just couldn't wait until I sat down and read it for him. So it's exciting. It's exciting to take them along this journey with me. How important was it for you to include that diversity in, in this new updated version? Yeah, it was, it was very important when Jack and I were talking about the characters. I had a couple of, of I had um a Hispanic girl, the first version of the book, my family is from Bolivia, and this little girl is from El Salvador. And that was important to me, because I hadn't seen myself in children's books. And then this time around, we added even more. Um, we were making these decisions, actually, when everything was happening in the US with, um, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement and, and all of that. So Jack immediately said, for sure, we have to bring in even more diversity. Yeah, so he taught um, at an all uh, black school when he was very, very young. And he is, you know, he had so many memories and stories about that. So he really wanted to make sure that that we showed a lot of diversity in the book. What advice do you have for parents and teachers who have been teaching from home, including myself, which mm -hmm. uh, I would say I am not a teacher and I do not enjoy that particularly. Um, but I got a whole lot of uh, mommy, I can't do this. Mommy, you can't do this. Right. Uh, what kind of advice do you have for parents and, and teachers out there that are going through this again, really unusual year? 
Mm -hmm. I think now more than ever, we as parents are appreciating and loving the teachers because we can, (laughs) we've experienced it firsthand, right? The patience, um, the love that they show the kids. So my advice uh, would be, I think right now is a perfect time to practice resilience with our children whether you're a teacher or, or a parent, and also to show them like they, they are learning everything through how they see us responding to the event that's happening, right? The event is COVID that we have to teach them from home or that things have changed. And it's really how we respond to that event that's going to give us the outcome that we want. So if we want to be happy and teach them something at the end of it, we have to make sure to model that and to show them that, you know, there's a lot of I cans, even with a world that's telling us we can't do a lot of things, just looking for the opportunities, looking for the good. You know, yesterday, as my sons were getting ready to go back to school, they actually weren't happy with it because what eight-year-old and 13-year-old boy wants to go to school (laughs) they got very accustomed to learning from home. But as they were leaving, you know, my question to them was, what are you looking forward to? Give me three things you're looking forward to. And and at first, they're like, Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. But then when we started talking about it, okay, I'm looking forward to seeing so and so I haven't seen in so many months, I'm looking forward to seeing my teacher. And I'm looking forward to getting out, you know, like whatever came up for them, but just making sure we're focusing on the positive. And children see that. Yes, they definitely do. And then they can definitely feed off of that. Um, There's activities at the end of this book. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah. I love the activities (laughs) because it's something that I use for my children and something, again, I wish I would have had when I was younger. Uh, The first activity I'll talk about that one is it's called the rest in peace, the I can't funeral. So the idea behind that very much like shreddy, but this is something else you could do. You can get your children and yourself to write down a list of all the I can'ts you've been talking about a list of I can't you've been saying, and then you have, um, you put it into a a box and go to the backyard and bury it with your children, like make an event out of it. And I'm just going to read what it says in the back. So we suggest that you do a eulogy, you could say something like, boys and girls, please join hands and bow your heads. We gather here today to honor the memory of I can't. While he was with us here on earth, he touched the lives of everyone, some more than others. His name has been spoken in every public building, schools, city halls, state capitals, and even in the White House. We have now provided I can't with a final resting place. He is survived by his brothers and sisters. I can, I will, and I'm going to right away. They're not as well known as their famous relative and are certainly not as strong and powerful yet, but perhaps someday with your help, they will make an even bigger mark in the world. May I can't rest in peace and may everyone present pick up their lives and move forward in this abs- in his absence. So this is just a, a powerful symbolic experience that is going to stick in the student or in the child's conscious and unconscious mind for a long time. You can finish and have a little wake, you know, some drinking boxes, some cookies, um, and just make an event and have fun with that. You definitely cannot forget that. And the fact that even from our last conversation that I held on to that and used it with my own child. And every time my daughter says, I can't, I'm like, 
what <laughs> did you say? I can, mommy. Um, it yeah. says a lot. It says a lot about that. Um, you, this book, are donating um, your proceeds from the book to Pencils of Promise. First of all, tell us what Pencils of Promise is and tell us why you decided to do this. Yeah, Pencils of Promise is a not-for-profit organization that builds schools all over the world and brings education to children all over the world. I, when I found them, and I've been hearing about them over the last couple of years, I knew that I wanted to donate. I'm donating all my proceeds from this book towards building a school in Guatemala. Back in the day when my children were very, very young, my husband and I were involved in a lot of short-term mission trips that we would actually lead teams to places like Bolivia, um, to Peru, to El Salvador. And it was just such a special time for us to be able to go and to be able to, to give back in that way. And, and we were able to see how a lot of children do not live the way we live here, don't have school buildings. You know, a lot of children were, um, when we went, were learning just under a tree. The teacher was teaching to a lot of them under a tree. And if it was a rainy day, there was no school. So I just, I remember all of that. And uh, when I found out about Pencils of Promise, now having four children, it's really tough for me to go on those trips. But I want to make sure that I'm still able to help in some way. And then also make sure that it's a part of my children's lives that they see how we've been blessed to live where we live and with everything that we have, but we have to be a blessing to other people also. What inspired you to go on your first mission trip? Well, I grew up, so my family is from Bolivia and I was born in Canada, but I, I lived seven years going back and forth. My mom remained in Bolivia and then we came back with my dad to Canada. So I, I always had that perspective of how different life was in Canada compared to Bolivia. And of course, I saw a lot of poverty and, um, you know, schools are, are all private there. You have to pay to go to school. And if your parents don't have the resources, you're not going to a great school or some people, some children are not even going to school. So making sure that that happens is, is important to me. Would you say then that your childhood has inspired you to do what you do today? Of course, <laughs> you, you always get back those memories, right? You always remember the things that you went through or, you know, a, a better way of doing things. And that's definitely, you know, I think as parents, we either choose to be exactly like our parents were or, you know, pick up the good things that they taught us or from even our own childhood, like where we lived and we want even better for our own kids. If people want to learn more about you. I just, sorry, I'm getting distracted because I just love to talk to you all about just that, about your, you, your childhood and the missions trips. Like I want to have a full conversation, but that's for another day. <laughs> so <laughs> speaking about the book though, um, tell us uh, where people can get the book. If they want to learn more information about you, how can they do that? Yeah. So the book is available. It's available for pre-order right now on Amazon dot com dot ca regard depending on where you live and then also for me you can find me on social media on instagram i'm miriam laundry publishing my facebook page and then also my website and really now i'm focusing also on helping these other authors be able to put good books out there so if that's of interest to you make sure to come to our website thank you so much for joining us today i really appreciate it Thanks for having me. And thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'll talk to you again on Connections.